What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. My name is Brett McGrath. I host this show and I collect sports cards. Are you having fun collecting sports cards? Do you make sports cards your escape? I think you do. I think you do. When you are not busy with the rest of life's priorities, you're digging. You're looking for those cards. That's what we do around here, and that's what we talk about. If you're a new listener, welcome to the party. Longtime loyal listeners, you are the foundation. I want to first thank, I've just had a laundry list of unofficial sponsors that have been lining up and knocking on the door at Stacking Slabs HQ. Um, We are very fortunate around here to have this platform about collecting sports cards where we have unofficially the biggest brands in our world who show up and who want some placement and we're happy to give placement but it's got to be a product that i believe in and certainly today's unofficial sponsor is one of those from the moments of youth to being rewarded for good grades to getting off the couch on a friday night at eight o'clock and saying you know what i got a little itch um this Brand has been there my entire life, and I'm sure many of yours as well. So I want to thank Dairy Queen, Hot Eats, Cool Treats, mostly into the Cool Treats. I know some of you like the Hot Eats, maybe a little combo of both. But if I'm going Cool Treats, I'm going with the Chocolate Chip Cookie Dough Blizzard. Have you ever seen a large blizzard? I was actually... Standing in line not too long ago, and a gentleman, I would say, maybe senior citizen category, was before me, and he got a blizzard, and he put me to shame because he got the the extra large. And I was like, man, that is a achievement. If you can roll up on a bike, look good and fit, and feel very comfortable at that stage in your life, ordering an extra large blizzard, then that is a sign of someone who I admire to be like. So the chocolate chip cookie dough blizzard is my guilty pleasure, but I will also say I'm a Dilly Bar fan. When I was growing up, I would always, when it's my you know birthday, you get your class treats. It was always a brown bag of Dilly Bars, and I'm not talking about butterscotch. I'm talking about chocolate. I'm talking about vanilla, like... That's what it's all about. So just the great people at Dairy Queen. I know if you're listening right now, there's a strong chance within a mile radius of your house, you have a Dairy Queen. Go to that Dairy Queen and get a cool treat and treat yourself. And here's some extra bonus points. If you do that, take a picture and tag at Stacking Slabs on social media. I will retweet that. Tag Dairy Queen. Show them some love. Tag Stacking Slabs. It is the summertime. It is the summer of cool treats. I'm recording this on Father's Day. Shout out to all you dads out there. Such an honor. I love it. I'm being rewarded by seeing some live music, which is awesome. I had had a dry spell. Did a sit down. Saw saw Damien Drado earlier this week, just a wonderful singer-songwriter. We had Wonder Road Music Festival in Indy. 
yesterday as I record this, we saw one of my favorite bands, Local Natives, and it was one of the best sets I have seen in several years. It was so good. It's crazy. They're celebrating the the uh, ten year anniversary of Hummingbird, which is their second album, which makes me feel old. But the set was just I had goosebumps throughout it. And Weezer was the headliner. Tonight we're going back and can't wait to see my man Jason Isbell, just one of my favorite singers, songwriters. So that's my treat, along with the cool treats from Dairy Queen on Father's Day. Hopefully you all had a good Father's Day and hadn't had a chance to do this by the time the whole recording works out. But want to congratulate the Denver Nuggets and all the Denver Nuggets fans. Hopefully you've been basking in the glory of winning a championship. Um, just an unbelievable run, I think. It was undeniable that the Nuggets were the best team. Um, So the NBA season has closed. I know a lot of us are looking forward to the draft, especially us fans on teams that have not been playing for, it seems like, a whole other season. That's where I'm at as the Pacers fan. We've got the seventh pick, but there's been some uh, rumor and innuendo swirling around that Kevin Pritchard might be shopping that pick around for a Someone to help fill out that lineup. So I'm all ears. I love I love rumor and innuendo when it comes to the NBA. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully you're getting locked up for the draft coming up here. It had me thinking about just my entry, just thinking about NBA, my entry back into the hobby in 2019. And just 2019, what a year. Does anyone have nostalgia for the 2019 year yet? I know I do. But you look at what has transpired by the just stars of that year from a hobby magnet perspective bringing us in and the hobby hype machine running it running it and dangling out the carrots and the carrots that the hobby hype machine was dangling out through all of their platform communication marketing efforts everywhere you look was Zion Williamson and John Moran and things don't look great for the two of them right now we have the Twitter that I cannot stop looking at and I'm telling you, I have not put the alerts on yet. I have not put it on yet. I'm not to that point. I'm getting my tweets curated to me via other channels, but I can't look away. I mean, whenever you have scandalous things going on the Twitter verse, you got to just pay attention. And that's where I'm at. So you've got an injured uh, Zion Williamson who just can't seem to stay on the floor, but was the just the hobby heartthrob for so long. And then you got John Moran. And all the things John Moran is doing. And it's not over for the two of them, certainly. There's plenty of time. And there's a redemption story. We love storytelling. We love redemptions. And we love the come up. And we'll see if those happen to either John Moran or Zion Williamson. I'm always rooting for the best. Um, But there's a rich story to tell on those two accounts and what's happened right now and then paralleled with what has happened with the hobby. And I've been thinking a lot about this. And this story isn't over, but there are themes that can be unpacked. And when I talk about the hobby hype machine, I want to be very direct and want to be very specific. The hobby hype machine is mainstream platforms pushing their agenda. And their agenda is usually has a wrapper around it. And that wrapper is something very shiny that'll get you sucked into whatever they're selling. You've got manufacturers pushing that. Look at the boxes. Look at who's on it. Um, And you've got breakers pushing it. I don't know if you all have seen this or not, but apparently Brock Purdy is the next goat according to the mainstream breaker community. So 
when I'm talking about a hobby hive machine, I am talking about the pumping in, of unproven things in order to get you, the hobby participant, sucked in to their revenue-generating machine. And I'm not speaking badly about all mainstream platforms and all manufacturers and all breakers. I'm not. But there are those that are very egregious with their activities. And we just need to be smart as sports card collectors. I am doing this show for nobody except for the collector of sports cards and the person who has gone through the cycles and is maturing and realizes, you know what, all that other bullshit, all that other that hype machine, that's not why I'm here. That's not what I want to be a part of. We are creating a very fine line in this hobby because we need segmentation in this hobby. We do because what's happening over on channel 10 isn't what we want to pay attention to on this channel, the Stacking Slabs podcast. I'm about to enter this. I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting my gear ready. I was out uh, at a family event, and my father-in-law's wife said, Hey, Brett, did you see Anthony Richardson has the eighth highest selling jersey in the NFL right now? I had no idea. But what does that go to tell me? If Anthony Richardson has the eighth highest selling jersey in the NFL right now, there is a high likelihood that an Anthony Richardson is a key piece for the hobby hype machine, and the hobby hype machine will be pumping and what am I to do? What, what do you do when your fandom gets infiltrated by the hobby hype machine? We'll have to figure it out, that's for sure. The intentions are different, right? So my intentions isn't to go collect Anthony Richardson so I can hope he has a good game so that I can sell and pass the buck. No, my intention is to collect Anthony Richardson because he is part of the story, the rich lineage that I am putting together and expressing through my collecting as a Colts quarterback collector. And I want to, as I do this, I want to shout out my man, and we're going to hope Anthony Richardson pans out a little bit better than this guy, but I want to shout out my man, uh, Paper Street Cards, for gifting me a 2020 Panini Contenders Jacob Eason autograph. Otto got a 10. It was a PSA 10. And Jacob Eason, I'm sidetracking a little bit, but he is part of this cold story, although a very brief blip on the radar. But I can, I mean, we've all seen that video from the National of that dude spending thousands of dollars on Jacob Eason cards, like NTs and stuff. It's like thousands and thousands of dollars. It's like, why are we doing this? I was sitting at the Rams game. When Wentz went down and Eason comes strolling in, second pass, what does he do? He throws the ball right to Jalen Ramsey and Colts lose. Anyways, I'm getting a little sidetracked, but I am building a collection with a purpose and I will be challenged as a collector to navigate the sea. And I promise you that I will prevail because I will not be stopped, not on my watch. You have to be cautious and you have to mitigate risks. There's always going to be fringe opportunities that exist that can satisfy our needs as a collector and make us happy as collectors. But one thing we have to do is we got to open our damn eyes, open our damn eyes, get to work and find those opportunities and find those moments. That is what I'm going to be doing as I enter the hobby hype machine 
and try to block and tackle my way to Anthony Richardson cards that I need to put in my damn PC. I want to shout out the father and son duo, Squiddy Collectibles Griffin, my man Sportfish, card collector Jason. How much fun is it to collect with family members? It's awesome. If you are someone who is collecting and has that topic to share with somebody when you're getting a family meal, when you're just bullshitting around the house, that's fun. I think what was fun about that story was just the goat collecting, the blue chipping, the blue chip collecting of the two between Brady and Messi and the conversations that must go on in the house. And then also just analyzing both markets and both collections um, and trying to do whatever you can to build those things out to be something that they can be proud of as a collecting duo. And I shared a bunch of the cards on my IG story that they talked about in the episode. And these were some bangers. And so those guys rule and would love to have them on and do it again. This week we are, I've mentioned, I plugged, he's been on the show. We're bringing him back on the show. Austin at Carlson Cards. He's been creating some really good content and hobby that I've been enjoying. It's been focusing in on collector stories. And I think the more stories that we share, the better elevated that our hobby is going to be. And that's what I'm all about here. And Austin's doing a really good job of it. And I think it's not transactional BS. It's learning from other collectors who have been there and done that. So I really enjoy what he's doing. And I love just the curation of ideas, stories, in doing so with the intention of helping other people out. So excited to share that conversation with you on Friday. And we're going to go to a space right now that I was not expecting to go this early, but do you know what happens? It's typically the compass of the show is wherever my mind goes. And so when I am not thinking about work, when I'm not thinking about family, I'm thinking about the hobby and all that is happening in my world. And one of those things that popped up for me recently was the national. Who's going to the national? Are you going to the national? Is it your first national? Are you a national vet? I think it's important at this point, whether you're going, whether you're not, there are things that can be applied in these conversations to other card shows, but been on my mind and I think I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to kind of close out and talk a little bit about that, but I want to open up my PC a bit and talk a little bit about some cards that I am getting in the mail or have gotten in the mail this week. And one of those kind of areas of focus that I've been exploring has been the 2012 Contenders Crack Dice Parallel. And it's a parallel that I truly love. I was looking through my PC and realized, man, my collection is dominated by this parallel. Uh, potentially more, I own more cards in this parallel than anything else. And maybe that's because I decided it was a good idea to collect every Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck crack dice. But it was really the deal I made with Northwest card collector, uh, Northwoods card collector, um, Jordan, when I bought the 2012 Manning. And it opened up the idea for me to explore. And I have, as I've evolved in the hobby, I've certainly become more of a I know what I like, and if there's a specific parallel that I like, I don't just need to get a player that I collect in that parallel, but it's an opportunity to collect a bunch of other players and start building something fun. So that's what I've been doing. So I've I uh, I posted the Gronkowski. I got a Rob Gronkowski I posted, and 
you know, the the reason for that is there's nine Hall of Famers, Gronk, nine tight end Hall of Famers, which is nuts. There's more guards in the Hall of Fame than there is tight ends. Gronkowski is certainly going to be one of them, likely a first ballot Hall of Famer. He caused me so much pain as a Colts fan, but I will say him and Brady are second in duo to Peyton and Marvin. So didn't one thing that they didn't quite pass uh, Peyton and Marvin on was total touchdowns there, but I needed a Gronk card in my collection. He is, I think back at the last decade plus of football, there's a name that stands out to me as someone who I want in my collection, who is significant, who has the accolades, and that's Rob Gronkowski. So if I'm finding an opportunity, instead of just going to eBay and buying Rob Gronkowski card randomly, aimlessly, I'd rather buy that card in a set that I love. And so that's what happened there. And then another deal got done where I uh, hopefully maybe will have posted this by the time it, this episode goes live. If not, it'll be a couple days later. But a Randy Moss, another one, didn't have a Randy Moss card, but Randy Moss, 2012 contenders, uh, bought that card and really excited about it. What's interesting about the 2012 Randy Moss is what? He's in 49ers gear, which is probably the uh, most forgettable Randy Moss run. But also, it doesn't really matter when you love the card and you love the parallel. There's 20 copies of these cards. They're beautiful. And I think there's opportunities like this throughout every every lane that we collect in. And my collection gets stickier when it connects back to other cards that I don't want to sell. And what I will say here, just in terms of the way I've been building my sets, and it could be any parallel, any set for you, is I think continuity is a super force. And the more we are collecting with continuity, the more fun I think we can have in the hobby, or at least I'm having. So back to the national, it's quickly approaching. I think people will say it's not about the cards at national, it's about the relationships. And I love meeting people. I love having fun. I love having those conversations offline that are typically reserved for online. And the national is a big part of that. But I'll tell you this, it's about the damn cards, okay? (laughs) It's about the cards. If I am going to carve out time away from work and from my family and travel to go to a card show, you better believe I'm going with a plan and you better believe the primary reason that I'm going there is to try to acquire cards that I can put inside my collection that make me happier than I did before I made the trip. That's what I'm about. I'm excited to meet people. I'm excited to meet all of you, but I'm going for the damn sports cards, okay? So Chicago, oh shit, how many years? Two or three years ago, whenever that was, was my first national. I think I bought eight cards at that show. I own two cards that I bought from that show. I own the 2011 Peyton Manning Crystal Atomic from 2011 Chrome, uh, BGS 10. Um, Shout out my brother at McGrath Cards, who I'll be going to this national with. But it was a trade. Um, My brother spotted it. He's like, you need this card. I said, you're right. I need this card. Um, I ended up trading a Kyler Murray Kaboom for that card. And I think I got 400, 450 bucks too. So I'd say I I feel pretty good about the way that shaped up. And then I also got my perfect fit out of 25 PSA 10, 99 Skybox Manning there too. Still own that card too. But it's so easy to buy stuff that you end up giving up at shows like the National. And But maybe that's your intention. Like maybe you're going to buy cards to find 
opportunities to sell online. That's fine. I would imagine a majority, though, the people listening who are going to that show is is to buy cards that are going to keep in your PC. And to me, I think preparation, if that's your lens you're going to the show looking through, preparation is ever, everything because it's very overwhelming. There's people everywhere and there's cards everywhere too. So I shared some thoughts. I posted this, but I think some things that I'm thinking about or I'm doing actively that I think will help me mitigate risk and help me end up with more cards that I need are these. And this list is going, or this, these, there's more of these, but these are the things I'm focusing in on right now. So creating a list. I know in talking to guys like Joey, the E-Trader, he's been to a, a lot of card shows, a lot of nationals, national shows. He, he always talks about just like the list he creates. And I think it's important to prioritize and get focused around the cards that you'll be shelling out cash for, or you'll end up just buying a bunch of stuff that you regret. And so the, the list gives you focus and the list gives you kind of that guiding light when you're navigating through all of the showcases. And I'm saying like, doesn't mean you can't like buy a card that's not on your list, but I think what it does for me is if I'm spending thousand dollars on a card, it better be on the damn list before. Another thing I'm doing, identify one-to-one deal-making opportunities with big cards in my PC so I can gain cash before I go into the show. So I made a deal this week. Uh, I'm not going to say the deal on the show because that w- once the card lands, if the new owner wants to share, he is more than welcome to, but we'll get to that point. But anyways, I had a card that was in my collection that had value, that I enjoyed, but I, because of my planning, needed to get to the point where it's I need to start raising some cash because I want to make sure that if cards show up at the show, I'm able to buy them. And I'm also not one, which some of you are, to bring cards and do the whole trade thing. I, I'm not saying I'm not going to bring cards, but I think cash is the currency of these shows. And if you're able to get what you want, it's best to have money in your back pocket. So I'm spending these next several weeks trying to create one-to-one deals because I want my cards, especially if I really like these cards, I want them to go to in collections that I think will appreciate them. So identify those one-to-one deal-making opportunities. Remember, if you slide into someone's DMs and you say, hey, I've got this card and I'm making it available to you, that's courteous. Like that is courteous. And it's it's just giving people shots that you have relationships with. Another thing is consignment. Going through my collection, preparing my cards for consignment and the ones that uh, maybe aren't as significant as the ones that potentially could be uh, sold directly to other people, but just creating those batches and sending them off to consignment and getting those funds to add to that stack. So you're going into this show fully loaded. Shaking of trees. So I think it's the next thing is just shaking trees. So trying to identify what dealers are going to be at the show and if they are going to be bringing cards that are on your list and you are the first to know about them. So what I want to do is I want to know if those cards that are on my list are going to end up in showcases because I want to try to get the deal done in advance. And the only way you're going to really know that is to identify the dealers that are going to be setting up at the shows 
and start bothering them now. And it's not bothering them. I'm sure they appreciate it. But I think any dealer would likely say, it's like, if I can get these deals done before the show even starts, that's good for me. So shake trees, reach out to people direct. Also trade opportunities. Like, do you have cards that you could part with? And there are another collector going to the show that they have cards that you might be able to work out a trade with. That's something I think to look at too. I think all of this can work can be done now. And I recommend that you build your plan, strategy, or process right now if you're going. It will make for a more fruitful time. I think lists create structure and help avoid chaos. There's a lot of fun things going on at the National. I think the other thing would be the people stuff. Make sure you're planning those. I've got a main and group chat that I'm going to be hanging out with. There's a wrestling card event. The main event, it's going to be at the Hyatt Regency on Friday night. I'm going to plug this event. If you're interested, go to Chicago or email Chicago Main Event 2023 at gmail.com if you're interested in going to that. Um, I know they're taking RSVPs. Grab dinner, grab drinks with people, do trade nights. But man, the Nationals right around the corner. I'm gearing up. How about you? Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Tell a damn friend that you're enjoying it if you're digging what I'm doing. Um, Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Austin Carlson Cards. Going to be back on the other side. Talk to you soon. 